Okay, we're learning Daf Samachov. We're starting from the Mishnah right on the top. So we've been speaking about different types of Sakhim, which ones are good, which ones are not. So one of the things that we've been discussing is that we can't use a Pesach but a person would be embarrassed and ashamed to tell us the truth. So for example, if you can't say, you know, a Kavit doesn't like when people make the dark, it's against the covet, it's disrespectful to Hashem. You can't do that. Why? Because the person's not going to even tell you the truth. So he's going to say, yeah, yeah, of course, I never would have made the nether if I had, I know, had I known that. And it could be it's just not true. He just doesn't care, but he won't admit it. So therefore, you have to be careful. However, at the end, yesterday we learned that, that that's a general thing about disrespecting Hashem. But if you can find one particular detail in the Torah that it might not work with, so then that's okay. Let's say you say, you know, a person made a nether, we learned yesterday, that he won't benefit his friends. We say to him, don't you know that it could lead to you coming to violate the haftal recha kamocha? So that, we're, not, we're not concerned that he won't tell us the truth. So, so too, the Mishnah today continues with that theme of finding psalchim from things that are religious points. But we still are okay with thinking that he'll tell us the truth if he would have if he would have still made the nether. So post gonna be on Tovim Mishabasas. You can find a Pesach to get a person out of a nether based on Yom Tovim and Shabbasas. So like what does that mean? How would Shabbos and Yantav get a person out of his nether? So you gotta think of an example of someone answering, let's say, eating meat during the year. I'm not gonna have meat for a certain amount of time. And they say, you know, it's Kava Shabbos, it's Ainik Shabbos, Ainik Yantif, so you show him the Marmakimas, you show him the Chi of Basar. So then you, that's okay. You can get him out of it. We don't suspect that the person would just be too ashamed to tell you the truth. If he really was so strong against eating that meat, he would say, I'm sorry, I don't care about the Onag Shabbos, the Onag I care more about my diet. We assume he would tell us that. And if he says, no, I went to make the nether, then it is a valid Pesach. But sure, no, I mean, originally they used to say, if somebody used such a scenario, to be mater, such a Pesach, it's only those days which become mater. Meaning you're not annulling the whole nether here. A guy said he won't eat meat for six months. You're annulling the days of Shabbos and the days of Yontif. However, the rest of the days should remain forbidden. Until Rabbi Kiva came in and he taught a new rule. If I have a nether which was made and then part of it becomes nullified, then all of it automatically is nullified as well. So Pashtus, this comes from the Xerif Sarkosov. We've seen this concept just a few times here in the Dharma. It says in the Pasuk, a person has to keep in accordance to all of what comes out of his mouth. So we explain basically as follows. If it's either all or nothing, there's nothing in the middle. If you got a part of the nether annulled and removed the days of Shabbos and Yantav and you just said I'm not having meat for six months, so then the part of the nether becomes annulled. Once part of it becomes annulled, so then all of it becomes mutter as well. Ketzad, now the Mishnah illustrates it in more uh, specific ways. Amar, he said, there was a bunch of people, a group of people, and he made a konam, a lashon of a nether, that he will not benefit from any of you. So what do we say? If one of them became mutter, meaning, let's say one of the people, the nether was annulled towards, let's say we say, well, I didn't realize that, but that person was someone that I uh, may need something for, you know, we may have something to do with each other. So we say, had you known, had you thought that through a little bit better, would you have made the nether? He said, no. So now he becomes mutter to that person. Once he becomes mutter to that person, and all of them are permitted, because again, the same you said, the same you said, if we keep our kulo. Now, continues the Mishnah with a contrast that's not necessarily always so simple. He didn't say the word kulchem, including all of them in one general word, all of you together. He said to you and to you. Then I say, if the first one became mother, then all of them become mother. But if it's the last one, which is mother, only the last one is permitted, but the rest of them remain asr. Now the Gemara basically explains, now we had this Gemara was a little bit earlier, that's why it's hard to keep remember. The Gemara is not here, it's back in Chavav. The Gemara explained that the case was, and then just not stop me, you just said Lazel, Lazel, Lazel. But the case was, because then it would just be independent. All of them are independent one or the other. So if you're Mater one, it has nothing to do with the other one. The case is, I said to the first guy, 
you're also on me. And then I say the second guy, and you're also like him. I say the third guy, and you're also like the guy before. So each guy, I'm creating this domino effect. I'm offering all the latter people based upon whoever preceded them. So now the domino effect is that if the first person was the person that I get a heter to, or the, het- the nether was a null towards him. So if once he becomes mother, so then nobody else can become also either, can, can, can have their isser remain either, because they were only also like the person before them, like the person before them. If the first person becomes mother, so then there's nothing for it to hang on. Masha'inkin, in that scenario, if the last person, let's say, becomes mother, who's an old towards him, so then all of the people before uh, remain, remain Aser. And then we have something in the parentheses, which is an obvious point, but Hutter Amsayim, let's say it's the middle one, which came with him. So let's say you got, you know, five people, and the third one was the one who received the, received the Hatzor towards. So what's the halacha? Anyone, anyone who is lamata, anyone who is who comes after him, number four and five, that would they, they would become mother as well. But one and two would remain aser. Okay, so that's something that even Rabbi Akiva agrees to because here I didn't make this inclusive thing of kulcham. I say what once one person is mother, all the rest of them are mother. In this case, it was a little bit more complex. I asked if this person and the other person was like him. So here you don't. It's not so simple. You say you say It depends if it's the first person becoming mother or the latter people becoming mother. Another case where we do not apply it. A person says carbon carbon. A person said I'm not going to benefit from this person like a carbon and from this person as a carbon. So here, what happened is he's clearly making them separate. How do we see he's clearly making them separate? So the Gemara is going to explain because he says two two different words carbon. In other words, he said for this person I'm not going to benefit as a carbon and for this person as a carbon. If he meant to make one inclusive nether that he's offered to both people, then he would have said I'm going to offer myself lazek a carbon. And then Yuktaka could have could could hear up that it's one inclusive nether to both people, but from the fact that the statement didn't say it that way, he said lozek carbon v'lozek carbon. So then in the shvu it's considered separate ones. So then there would be a separate annulment required for each one. But if if not, then only the one that he was mad would become mother, not the other one. So this is very interesting where we see that the ma'isa hashvua really depends on the words that you use. In other words, are you making one shvua? when you ask yourself to many people, or are you making many shuas when you're asking? It really just depends on the way that you say it. If I use an inclusive terms, which show that I'm asking everybody collectively, so then the din is that it's one maizu shvua, and then we could apply nether shotum sasu hotarkula. But if I'm saying carbon lazev, carbon lazet, so it's clearly different maizu nadarim, so then we're not going to be able to apply that. Now, another case. Somebody says wine should be according to me that I won't taste it. But he, he explains what it is about the wine that he's making. He's not stam, you know, he doesn't want the alcohol. What he explains is, He says, a medical assertion, he says wine is not good for the stomach. That's what he's saying, wine is not good for the stomach, therefore I'm not going to have any wine. So Amrilo, the people who were annulling the nether, they say, what are you talking about? It's not true. You could have older wine, which is very good for the stomach. So what's the halacha? So clearly, he didn't think that through. So clearly, he should be an old clap of the aged wine, older wine, because, right, that, that, that wasn't what he wanted. So Hutzmah he, he clearly comes permitted to that, because there we see some sort of mistake. And the truth is, the Rishonim learn that it could be he doesn't even need a Pesach clap the old wine. He doesn't even need the power of an omen, because think about what happened. The Maisa Hanedr, it's not shot that he offered wine, and now they're saying, but did you think about the health benefits of, of old wine? That's not what it was. He offered wine because wine is bad for the stomach. That was all part of the Maisa Hanedr. So he has a talus, he has a, a simple mistake in his premise about whether aged wine is, is good for the stomach or not. So it could be once he's informed, once we realize his mistake in, in, in the way that the, the, the aged wine is good for the stomach, so then automatically that's mutter there right away. That's what most of you should have learned. 
So now, now the Shiloh is, Once the nether became bottle, it was null and void, clapping the aged wine. So at that moment, he becomes, he becomes motor to all wine. And that's what he said. So it's fascinating. Even though the clapping, other types of wine, everything that he said actually makes sense and it's bad for the stomach and therefore it should be in effect. But since he didn't say it that way, he said, I'm not going to have wine in general because wine is bad for the stomach. He didn't distinguish. He made one mice and neder on all wine. And on part of it, there's a tall, so it's not going to be kayim. So therefore, it's not kayim now at all. Very similar case, just with onions, konim, batzel, shanim. A person says, onion is a konim, I mean, I won't have tasted. Onion is bad for the heart. What are you talking about? Not all onions are bad for the heart. The kufri onion... From, I guess that's from a certain place. It's good for the heart. So then the dinner is hot to because automatically mutter to the kofri onion because that was a toast in regard to that. But lo kofri will bad hotter. It's not only that he's mutter to that species, ela b'cholab, so he becomes mutter to all onions. Because again, the same side, neither hotter means also hotter cool. My sahai, there was a story, a sudden mamash, a case like this, where a person asked himself, on onions because they're bad, and and then became told to him that there is a species which was good. And Ramer, in fact, was mutter him to all the onions. Okay, so basically we learned, to summarize, there is a rule of nether shotimik sasu hotar kulo. We see a few ways which it does apply, we see a few ways which it does not apply. The way which it does apply, if a person had a Pesach on meat because of Shabbos and Yantif, he becomes mutter to all days, not only to Shabbos and Yantif. Another case is when a person answered himself to many group of people, I'm also to all of you, and then it becomes a null towards one of the people, then he's mutter to all of them. In other cases, if he says, wine is also to me because it's bad for the heart, and then he finds out that aged wine is good for the heart, it's good for the, for the stomach rather, so then he becomes mutter to all wine. Cases where it does not apply, we had in the Mishnah was where a person said, um, I'm not going to answer myself to you, to one person, and then he says, and the second person is like the first person, and the third person is like the second person, and so on and so forth. So then they're all contingent upon one another, but it's not one inclusive nether. And then we had one other case where a person says, but I'm not going to be nether to you as a carbon. And then he said, again, I'm not going to be nether to you as a carbon. So by, repeat, by repeating the word carbon, he's showing us that are separate nidar. So the Gemara analyzes that particular point that we just said, that because he repeated the word as a carbon, it's indicative that he's making separate nidar. Mantana, who is a tanner, Amar Rav Shimon, It's going like Rav Shimon, who says that by the halach of Shuvah Sapikadon, is only considered separate Shuvahs if he said, I swear, again, to each and every person individually. So we're talking about a case here, it's an omission on Shuvahs of Shuvah Sapikadon. That's where a person is watching things, uh, you know, or someone, someone, and then someone accuses him of stealing, he makes a shua that he didn't steal, and then it turns out that he really did steal it, and he's high the special carbon shua in that case, if he swore falsely. So let's say there were five different people who gave him something to watch, and each one gave him separate things. And um, if you make separate shuas to all five in separate stories, obviously if you swear falsely five times, you have to bring five carbonos, and that's not a chedish. But what if you put them, you lump all five together in a single oath, you have all five guys surrounding you, you know, all upset it that they gave you stuff to watch and you stole from them, and you're kind of lumping them all together in one single oath. So the question is whether or not it's one big Maise Shvua now, or it's five different ones. So Rav Shimon says that it depends whether he says, I swear, he uses the word Shvua separately. If he uses the word Shvua only once, then it's one Maise Shvua. He uses the word Shvua differently, directing it towards each person, each 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 person who deposited things by him, then it's separate. So we're saying that so too, that's the side over here. If I'm answering myself to you as a carbon, and then to you as a carbon, I'm repeating the word carbon, so that's indicative that there are separate nadar. Whereas if I don't use the word carbon separately, then it's, then it's indicative that it's just one inclusive nether on both people. And again, what's enough kamina? If one of them becomes mutter, is the other one automatically mutter as well. 
Then we move on to analyze the guy with the, the, the wine case. He says, wine is bad for the stomach, so I'm not going to have wine. So they say, what do you mean? Aged wine is good for the stomach. So the Mishnah implies that the only reason why it's mutter is because they told him that, good, that aged wine is good for the stomach. So for in ra. what if it just wouldn't be bad? Meaning, a guy said, I'm not going to have wine because wine is bad for the stomach. Let's say they told him that in the health-wise, the doctors say it's neither good, it's neither bad. It's not especially good for the stomach, it's not especially bad for the stomach, it's just neutral. Like a lot of foods that we eat. So, so, so that would also be a nether talus because it doesn't, it's not only a talus because it's good, it doesn't have to become positive, it just has to be that his premise that it was bad is wrong. So why, what's the shot that it's a talus only because they tell him that it's good? So the Gemara says, you're right, it's just furthermore that it's good. Meaning the mission doesn't mean that to imply that if they would tell him it's not bad or not good, then it wouldn't be a talus. It's a talus because it's not, it's not bad. You're right. The Mishnah for extra emphasis was saying that they told him, by the way, it's even beneficial. Like you're so off your rocker for saying wine is bad. There's the types of wines that are literally good. It's just a way of speaking. The same exact thing here with the onions. They said, he said, I'm not going to have the onions because onions are bad for the heart. And they told him that the kufri is good for the heart. So the same question. Typically, why can't we just say because it's not bad? What do I need to emphasize that it's good? You're right. It's furthermore that it's good. It's not really the essential point that it's the opposite of what he said. Even just being not like what he said would be a mistake. If, even if it wouldn't be neither good or nor, neither bad, that would also be a mistake in his nether. All right, here we go. Says the Mishnah, we can find an opening for a person based on his own honor or the honor of his children. So this is in relation to the mission that we started off the parak with, that the, the Rabbanon hold, you cannot be posseh for a person in the covet of his parents. Remember, we say to a person, we say, do you know that you just tarnish your, your parents' reputation by making an other? Because they say, well, can we raise this guy? He's making a darn, obviously a wicked must have had bad parents, right? So we don't use that as a Pesach. Why? Because a person wouldn't, would be ashamed to admit the truth. The truth is he just doesn't care that his parents, talk, that reputation is tarnished, but he's not going to tell us the truth. So we learn that the Rabbanon say it's not a good Pesach to use the covenant of your parents. Our Mishnah is saying, but your own honor and your honor of your children, we could use. In other words, that's the thing, that if you wouldn't care about your own reputation or the reputation of your kids, you would admit that. It's a fascinating thing. A person would be ashamed to admit he doesn't care about his mom, but he wouldn't necessarily be embarrassed to say he didn't care about his kids, his kids' reputation. So we could find the Pesach about what, how the nether impacted his, his own reputation or his kids' reputation. We say to him, When you made the nether, did you think it through that the next day they're going to say about you, that the habit of so-and-so is he divorces his wife? And it seems that basically the scenario is a guy made a nether against his wife, and because of that, they're getting divorced. So that's what we're saying to him. Do you know what they're saying about you? That this guy is, a, you know, just he, he takes a picks up a woman and he, in an impulse he, he he makes a nether and he has to get rid of her. You know that's what they're saying about you. About your daughters, they're going to say. But no, are saying they're the daughters of divorced women. That's what they're going to be saying around town. What did the husband see in the mother that he made her be divorced? Meaning to say, must be the mother slept around, and therefore the kids weren't really his kids, and that's why he divorced her. And these kids, maybe our mom's there. You know what you're doing to your kids, your kids' reputation. People say horrible things over here, right? The guy's divorcing his wife. That's all he's doing. Suddenly, there's going to be a reputation around town that possibly the kids are mom's heir. It's crazy. But Al Kapodim, that's what they're, they're bringing out. So they see, he's, he says, If I knew that would be the case, I never would have made the nether. He's a mutter, it's mutter. Meaning, you're not concerned that maybe he's lying. He still would have made the nether. He just doesn't care. And really doesn't care, but he's embarrassed to tell us. We're not concerned for that. If he wouldn't care about his kid's reputation, he would tell us the truth. It's not so embarrassing. 
So it's, a, it's a very, very interesting contrast. The previous Mishnah is about the honor of one's parents. We are concerned the person wouldn't tell us the truth. Therefore, we don't use the Pesach of one's parents. But that, the, the, the honor of one's children, he wouldn't be embarrassed to tell us the truth. And therefore, if he says he wouldn't have made the nether, if he, if he would have thought about it, we trust him, we believe him, and we're mater. Another case, as plain as guru, a person says, Kona, I'm not going to marry someone so because she's ugly. Harina, no, but Lamaiser, she's beautiful. Shkora, or he says, I'm not going to marry the dark one, Harina, Lavana, the truth is she's light. Sorry, I'm not going to marry the short girl, Harina, Rucha, the truth is that she's tall. In all these cases, Mutter, he's Mutter to marry her. The nether is automatically no. Why? Lomanishi, Kura, Venasi, it's not because she became beautiful. Shkora, Venasi, Lavana, she was dark, but became light. Sorry, Venasi, Rucha, short and became tall. Meaning, the point is not that she changed. If she would change, that would actually be a nola. That would be a new development, which we don't use, right? If a change occurs, something which is not foreseeable, you can't use that. So the pshat here is not that a change occurred. The pshat is the nether, the nether was made in mistake. It was based upon a mistaken premise, and therefore it never took effect at all. Then the Mishnah tells us that there was a story. There's a story with someone who offered himself any benefit of marriage from his sister's daughter. In other words, the shidduch was proposed he should marry the, the niece. And he said that the niece was ugly, he didn't want to marry her. And he made a nether because of that. They brought her into the house of Rabbi Shmuel, and Rabbi Shmuel had a way that he was able to make her beautiful. We've seen the Gemara, the case was, she was missing a tooth, he gave her a new tooth. So I'm going to Rabbi Shmuel, is this the one that you made the nether to get benefit? Is this, this is the girl? Look how beautiful she is. So I'm love. no, I didn't mean to ask her from someone with such beauty. To Rabbi Shmuel, so because of this, Rabbi Shmuel was matir. At that time, Rabbi Shmuel felt, felt like overwhelmed with emotion. He cried and he said, But as Yisrael knows, saying, the truth is that all Jewish girls are beautiful. What happens is they're so impoverished, overcoming the exile, that, that, that that's what makes them ugly. Like this scenario, she's missing the tooth. She needed someone to beautify her. Rabbi Shmuel died, even though his son knows his kino for Omros. The, the daughters of Klai Yisrael, they, they lamented him and said, The daughters of Klai Yisrael should cry over Rabbi Shmuel. He, he, he respected the beauty of the Jewish girls. So we see that similar uh, language which was used. So now, let's go over this case. The Gemara jumps all over this right away. What do we say? Someone took a nether that he won't marry a girl because she's ugly, and it turns out that she's not ugly. So the nether is, not, is null. What's the shot? Is it because she became beautiful, or is it because she was always beautiful? First, the Mishnah said that what well, is because not because she changed. If she would change, it wouldn't be good. That would be nola. But rather, the pshat is <coughs> we mean to say because she was always beautiful, so there was no switch. But then you bring the story with Rabbi Yishmael, and it was a change, right? He originally asked himself from her because she was missing the tooth and she looked bad. Rabbi Yishmael fixed that, and now she looks good. So there, we're also being moderate. So what would happen if a girl's beauty changes? Is it mother or not? The opening statement in the Mishnah makes it sound like not. It's only because in the moment, she was, it was just the whole thing was a mistake. And, and, and then they bring a story where even when there's a change, it's okay. So the Gemara asks, my solicitor, are you bringing the story to contradict yourself? So the Mar says, because Masra is like the missing, the Mishnah is missing words. This is the way it should read. Rabbi Shmuel says, I feel says, no, no, even if there wasn't a mistaken premise, even if there was a change, even if she was ugly and she became beautiful. So Rabbi Shmuel is arguing. Tanakama holds that while any change, you can't be mother. Rabbi Shmuel holds not. Rabbi Shmuel dissents that. Rabbi Shmuel holds that if it's um, a type of change, is mother. And what's the pshat? Because Rabbi Shmuel holds, that's exactly what he's saying, is that it's not a no-lot. Why is it not a no-lot? It was a change. The tarot says the inner, the, the real intrinsic beauty was there the whole time. It was just we needed to make, to make touch something up. No-lot is a complete unforeseeable change comes out of the blue. That taka, you can't use it as an opening. 
Or Rabbi Shmuel's sheet does that beauty in Jewish girls is not like that. The beauty is always there. Sometimes you need a little touch-up to make it, uh, bring it out. It says the Gemara, I'm based on it. It says in Reza Shinkha, I saw the case where she had a false tooth and it didn't look up. Rabbi Shmuel changed herself, he made her a golden uh, golden tooth. Obviously, famous question. You would think a golden tooth stands out. It's not exactly attractive. Good question. Who clothed you, so on and so forth. And what the so on and so forth, the reason the Gemara doesn't even bother telling you this so much is because, again, it really comes from David Amal's eulogy for Shaul's. You can see over there the full, the full uh, text in the Pesachim. Says the Gemara. So now, what do we see? We see Rabbi Shmuel was incredibly emotional to, to being mad the nether here, to try to help this girl get married. So the Gemara now tells us other stories of, of, uh, of, of, of the way that Tanam acted in order to preserve Shalom Bayez. So it's a man who said to his wife, Konam li, a konam, he makes a konam on his wife. He says, you can't benefit from me. Unless, unless Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon eat from something that you cook. So if you think about it, he's making his wife sending her on a crazy thing to do, right? It's like saying, him, you know, my wife can't get any benefit unless she, unless she, unless, uh, she gets the gadol adar to eat from her food. Now it's a weird request, it's bizarre, and, but more, more importantly, it disrespects the Talmud Chacham. Not only for him, for sure, it disrespects his wife, that's for sure. But more, it really disrespects the Talmud Chacham. What, they have to sit there busy from some random stranger eating her food? What, what, what is this? So did they do it or not? If they will eat, she'll be mutter to her husband. If they won't eat, She'll be awesome. So what do they do? Review the Tom. Review they eat the food, even though it was poke in his cover. Amar kavachomer. He made a kavachomer. Malasu shalmin. He says to Amar Torah. Mishach lejushi. Machalmaim arim. If to make peace between husband and wife, what does the Torah say? That the name of Hashem should be erased in the water. Right when it comes to a sota, her husband suspects her of being zana. So she they take the 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 parchment that has Hashem's name on it and they erase it into the sota water and she drinks it. So what do we see? The great value shall bias is greater than the, erase, the, the erasing of Hashem's name. The suffix there is not even certain. We don't even know if the marriage will be saved, right? She may have done it. She might blow up. In our case, where it's not, a, it's only a question of my cover, not Hashem's. All the more so that, of course, of course, I should eat the food to be masal her marriage. As Reb Shimon Lo Tam, Reb Shimon wouldn't taste the food. Why? Amar Yamusu Abedemana. Let all the children of the widow die. Because Shimon come on. Not not Shimon should not be moved from his place. Very interesting way of saying it. Meaning to say that no, we care about we care about the honor of Tamei Chachamim more. I. What about the marshal? The terrace is, in that case, the husband wants it. You're making shalom bias. What's up, shot? You're making shalom bias by the sota because the husband is bringing his wife, meaning he wants the clarity. He's trying to reconcile. In our case, the husband's sending his wife on the opposite. He, he, he's distancing her by making her do this, like this whole thing. So that's you know, not considered to make shalom bias. Very interesting. Machlokas reviewed in Reb Shimon. He says, I can't do this because then people will be accustomed to doing this. In other words, once we open the door, so then who knows what's going to happen next? Who knows what people are going to say? Who knows what people are going to make us do? And you're going to have to start saying, oh, shalom bias, you have to do it. Imagine somebody said, you know, the rabbi, the rabbi walked around the town totally naked, then, 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 then X, Y, and Z. So then are you going to do it? Like, in other words, there's got to be a certain line here. And the line is, we don't do things just to, to get involved in, pers- in people's personal affairs. Says the Gemara, there was a man who said to his wife, According, you can't benefit from me unless you spit and Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. Just understand, Rabbi Gamliel was the Nasi. She went and she spat, but it didn't land on his flesh. It landed only on the clothing. So Rabbi Shimon held that that was, that was good enough. He wanted, he wanted you to be degraded. 
And that's, if, so that it should only be spinning on the flesh, and the clothing is not degrading enough. So of such a great degradation. Now, for a regular person, you're right. Spinning on the clothing is not so bad. But spinning on the Nazi's clothing, even though it's on the clothing, not on the flesh, that's enough. It's fulfilled the stipulation, and she's now mother to her husband. All right, so that's the Gemara. Who dumb is a man who said this wife? Unless you show something about you that's beautiful. In other words, you have to show him some beauty. So mum normally means a blemish. And argamar means something beautiful about you. That was the point. He's coming to say, if he can find beauty in you, then, then you're not also to me. Obviously, this woman was very ugly. So I'm going so it came to Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi So he said to all those who approached him, maybe the head is beautiful. I'm Alessa Gagel. No, it's round like a ball. Maybe the hair is beautiful. It's like comb flax. No, they're round. Maybe the ears are beautiful. No, they're double in size. Her nose is beautiful. It's, it's, it's squeezed shut. Maybe her lips are beautiful. They're too thick. Maybe her neck is beautiful. Maybe... The carrots, her, her belly is nice. Some who would know it. She's very overweight. Shema Ragla knows. Maybe the feet are nice. Rachavas Ebishal Avzer. They're wide as geese. Shema Shema Nama. Maybe her name is nice. Lechluchas Shema. Her name is Lechluchas. Now Lechluchas means like stained. So Amalehan, that's obviously not a nice name. Can you imagine a girl's name is dirty, right? So he said, Amalehan, Yafi Karnas Lechluchas. The name Lechluchas is beautiful for her. She Mechlachas Bamumin. She's soiled with all these blemishes. So her name is beautiful in the sense that it fits her care of who she is. It's chosen very well. So that's beauty. She finds an aspect of beauty of Sharia, and therefore he was matter her to the husband. Fascinating. And I think the point here that we're saying is that, you know, the beauty is, uh, is there's nothing, you know, so objective, right? You can always find some way of looking at it in a beautiful way. That's, I think, the point of the story. All right, last story. We'll close with this. This is an unbelievable story here. Who barbaha? And this is always a big thing. You can't have language barriers between spouses. They have to be able to understand each other's language. Here you have a Babylonian guy, he left Baal, he married Eretz Yisrael, like a girl. So they didn't speak the same language. One day he said to her, I want you to cook for me a couple of lentils. So the question is, he used the word talpe, but, 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 but to, which means lentils, and she got that. But she took it literally, because he said tray. So tray could mean two, it could also mean a few. So Bashula tray talpe. She was so literal that she cooked him two lentils. He, she took tray. Oh, I heard too. So Rasachlai, he was angry. The next day, Kriva means like a big amount. But she she made way too much. Like she took it so literally a large amount that it was beyond what he could eat. So he, she wasted the food. Amalah, he said to her, Zili, go, Isili, tree, Butsini. Go bring me Bitsini. Bitsini mean, in Aramaic, they can mean a melon. So Azla, she goes, Isili, tree, Shragi. She brings him two lamps. Because that word can also mean a lamp. So again, it's very, very difficult uh, to see, you know, it can mean different things depending in, in they're all in the Aramaic word, but it can mean both a lamp and a, and a melon. So, so he was very upset. Amalai said to her, Go break them on top of the bava. So what's bava? Bava in Aramaic means a doorway. So he wants there to break the lamps on the doorway. Now it happened that Baba Ben Buta, who was a great Tana, was sitting at the doorway and was trying a case. She thought that Bava, instead of being a regular doorway, it meant the Tana above him above his head. So he, she goes, and she breaks them on his head. She breaks the lamp on the great Sadiq's head. said, What are you doing? Amar she says, but my husband told me to do. Amar, what? How did he respond? 
At asis ritzon ba'alech, what you were doing was to fulfill the will of what your husband, of what your husband wanted you to do. Hamakam yotzim imeich shnei banu b'muda. Kalish baruch should give you children like Baba b'muda. You broke these two lamps on my head. You should be married to have two children. So I just want to conclude with one thought, and this is the end of the parak. Who is this Baba ben Buta? So the Mara elsewhere tells us that he was originally from the Talmudim of Beishamai, but eventually he was able to make Shalom on some level and he switched over to Beishillel's camp. And it's really very, very rare that he was like that. Very usually the, the, the camps of Beishamai and Beishillel did not mix. So what is this story remin- reminiscent of? This story is reminiscent of people who did things degrading Talmud Chachamim. It's mamish like the Gemaras and Shabbos with, with Gerim who came to Shammai and Hillel. Hillel was extremely patient with people and Shammai was extremely impatient with people, especially like things like this, people who became literal and this. Shammai didn't like these types of things. But what happened to Baba and Buddha, Baba and Buddha, he acts a little bit base Hillel-like. This is, this, you can imagine like this happening to Hillel and Hillel, the way Hillel responds. So it's very interesting to see that story play out with Baba and Buddha, who was actually the one who switched over from Beishamai to Beishel.